Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. David Wardy. What's up, Nicholas? How are you, man? Just, uh, yeah, another day in paradise. I'm, I'm very, very excited for our conversation today. I know you, you and I love to geek out on uh, the electrochemistry, the neurology, the hormonal system, the energy meridians. I mean, all things in relation to health and healing. And we've got a total badass electro engineer chemist on uh, the the podcast today. And so I'm going to I'm going to introduce you guys first and then we're going to just give him the floor because he's got so much amazing stuff to to share. Uh, so his name is Klaus and can I can you help me with your last name or Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr, awesome. Klaus Orr. And he's done a few things in his life. One of the things that he we him and I or we chatted about before we got onto the call today was he got into university at 16 years old, skipped a couple uh, grades or years, and had his own research lab at 16. So this gentleman has been doing over 50 years uh, of research and work in chemical, petrochemical, electrochemical research development, and has created over 20 products in the process. Uh, his most recent invention is Mercontrol. Uh, which has to do with mercury remediation. So it has been, and this has been commercialized for full-scale application in North America uh, or North American coal-fired electrical power power plants. Second co-invention related to paint recycling has been licensed to a large multinational company. Klaus was also a co-developer of cyanide waste treatment technology, <clears throat> which was the first winner of the Chemical Institute of Canada Environmental Improvement Award. In 1996, one of Mr. Orr's conventions was the sole winner of the Financial Post of Canada Environmental Gold Award for Best Innovative Technology. That technology was licensed to companies including Hitachi and Alcatel since 1988. He has operated Hazelmuir Research Institute. Uh, and along with that, I mean, he also sent me his resume, which is <laughs> it's, uh, it's very extensive. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he's a co-author of over 16 published scientific articles, uh, of which 11 were presented at professional conferences. And uh, he's also a member of Canadian Environmental Industry Association and Toastmasters International. So Klaus, thank you so much for being here. As I got uh, all this, uh, I got a little something in my throat just uh, reading your extensive bio here. It's incredible to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Appreciate the introduction. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different conversations we have. I mean, one of the original reasons we wanted to bring you on because we wanted to learn more about your research with water. And as we were talking to you, you started talking a little bit about smart molecules. And so why don't we, why don't we dive into the conversation uh, with regards to uh, water and, and all things biological uh, and let's jump into what are, what are smart molecules? Okay. So we'll do smart molecules first and then we'll jump into water and then we'll connect the two. Perfect. Okay, smart molecules in the human body are, are flat, have flat structures. Most molecules in the human body are, tet are tetrahedral. They, they, they zigzag, like carbohydrates are zigzag. Most of the amino acids zigzag. Hemoglobin is a very flat uh, molecule. So the part of hemoglobin that captures oxygen 
on iron is a very large flat surface. Uh, all the hormones have flat surfaces. The, the, uh, and the, and the amino acid tryptophan, the raw material for all the hormones, is, is a, a, flat, a flat molecule. Now, the difference between flat molecules and non-flat molecules is that the flat molecules have electrons that act, can act as uh, analog transmitter receivers. So they can send out light and receive light. Carbohydrate can't do that, but a hormone can. So a DNA is, has flat, is, is a, a spiral of flat uh, molecules. It's like, it's like a hyperanalog receiver transmitter. And what it does is it sends out the equivalent of, of musical, musical uh, chords to proteins. It could be an enzyme to, to trigger, to trigger the, the uh, folding or unfolding of, a, of an enzyme. So it's like, it's like a, it's almost like a, a combination lock based on uh, light frequencies. So the DNA is the sender receiver. Hemoglobin is, hemoglobin is actually a sender and receiver of light. So, so let's, 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 let's talk about a, an example of how a, a smart molecule functions. Let's, let's, let's look at acupuncture. So, the reason that acupuncture has an effect in situations where physiotherapy doesn't is that acupuncture has the ability to interact with what I'll call dead tissue. Dead tissue is a result of, of uh, ruptured dead blood vessels uh, ca causing a, an area in the body uh, to not be able to communicate via hemoglobin. So... So what, what acupuncture does uh, is, it, is it sucks uh, blood into dead tissue. And the hemoglobin can actually act like a camcorder, take an analog image, not one hemoglobin, but a string of hemoglobins, and somehow uh, send information from it, from the, each molecule to another hemoglobin to another like like a, like a uh, a relay, and that can happen with or without the needle. So you can have a hemoglobin sending a photon analog photon signal up a needle. That that signal can travel from needle to needle back down into the next hemoglobin in a relay, and what happens is that information goes into the blood travels into the brain and then can be transferred wirelessly into glial cells in the brain. So the brain can get a, a camcorder recording from the hemoglobin that was in your shoulder that was, uh, uh, was, taking, was taking information from the shoulder as a result of having been ruptured from a blood vessel via the suction cups on, on, on a... Like a cupping. Now you don't get that on physio. Physio can't do that. So hemoglobin can actually carry information to and from the brain. Wow, that's that's incredible. So I'm just trying to 
you know, thinking of listeners, so they get like an injury. Let's say, let's take, I don't know, you got in a car accident, there's whiplash and there's, you know, some, some neck manipulation or cervical issues. And uh, you're getting messages from the injury side into the brain. If it's, uh, if the, if the hemoglobin is, has access to, to the, to the circulatory system, mm-hmm. either through the needles in acupuncture or or physically has access, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's, here's something for you. Chi, chi is the flow of light through hemoglobin. Hmm. Isn't that wild? Chi totally is the flow wild. of light through hemoglobin. Wow. So intuition is the inhalation of, of uh, orchestrated light in through the nostrils, through the ears, through the eyes, through the nose, into the hemoglobin. Intention is the exhalation of light from hemoglobin through the lungs, from the brain. So you can you can you can upload and download hemoglobin. So you can inhale and and exhale light through hemoglobin. Why is this so poorly understood? Because, you know, when, when Dave and I talk about, you know, healing in the body, there, there's a certain capacity that your, your mitochondria also serve as somewhat of a receptor, I believe, for, for light, much like... Well, a, your heart, your, your mitochondria are loaded with, with uh, light receptors. Right. Uh, just uh, coenzyme Q10. I mean, there's just a whole, there's a whole series of... Uh, photon receptors in the mitochondrial membrane and so are, are they like are they housing these smart molecules or like how do they are do, smart molecules in them themselves they're all they're all smart molecules so they talk to each other mm-hmm. so your dna talks to your protein talks to your hormone talks to your the molecules on on the cell membrane your mitochondria they're all talking everything's talking to everything mm-hmm. and whether a signal gets through or not is a function of the amplitude and whether there's a break in in the circuit so if you have a low amplitude signal let's 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 take covid let's take covid so the way the covid uh covid 19 uh causes problem is it is it starts talking to an enzyme under the cell membrane of a host cell and says could you please open up airlock 12 <laughs> so it's like so the enzyme if the enzyme gets a strong signal from the dna and the covid virus it says absolutely i'll open the doors and the covid 19 goes in and does its damage okay the way to shut down the covid virus is to scramble the photon signals from the dna and the covid you can do that with antioxidants you can do that with antivirals they all, they all, or, or, or you can do it with a vaccine. But if you want to, if you want to pre- shut down COVID uh, virus, the easiest way to do it is stop it from communicating with the enzymes in your body that open up the cells. Because if it can't open up the cell membrane, it can't, it can't replicate. Hmm. So you look, if you look at any antiviral molecule, any antiviral molecule, they're all smart molecules that have these these uh, the, the ability to send and receive uh, photons 
in these electrons that are acting as photon transmitter receivers, all of them. So you can have, you, you have antivirals like quercetin, which is a smart molecule antioxidant. Curcumin is a smart molecule antioxidant. Vitamin D is a smart molecule antioxidant. Elagic acid, which is the, the uh, green tea. active ingredient in uh, blackberries. Mm -hmm. That's an antioxidant. Every one of them is a photon receiver transmitter. And all the synthetic antivirals are all the they're all they all have that function. So they're all photon scramblers. Hmm. So, so what what is it about the, the, the shape of it being flat? Like what, what's how does oh, that now, now you're into it? So imagine that all these smart <laughs> molecules, they have hexagon and pentagon shapes all linked right. up side by side. So in hemoglobin, it's it's uh, a group of pentagons hooked up to a bunch of hexagons. If you look at the flat part of a hemoglobin, mm -hmm. in the case of tryptophan, it's or serotonin or melatonin. You've got you've got two. You've got uh, you've got a pentagon ring and you've got a hexagon ring next to it. All those flat molecules have electrons above and below the uh, the uh, the horizontal plane that are levitated. In these in these clouds, they they actually levitate in toruses that are like a hexagon could have a six electron torus, mm. and pentagon could have a five electron torus. Anything with nitrogen in it has two electrons in in, in the torus. Yeah. Anything with carbon in it has one. So you can have a pentagon part with a nitrogen that and, and four and four carbons that can give you six floating electrons. Or you can have a, a hexagon with six carbons to give you six floating electrons, okay? Hemoglobin has 32 floating electrons. And the, the greater the number of floating electrons, the, the larger is the amount of information as photon information that can be stored, received or transmitted. What's well, funny Every when we go back to like uh, biochem class, you think of uh, these things as like two-dimensional little structures but i love how you're giving dimensionality like this three-dimensional experience yeah so these so all all the information that's stored in these smart molecules is levitated is is stored in levitating electrons hmm. so everything you see in a diagram for a molecule is not doesn't include the levitating electrons what you're looking at is the scaffolding the non-levitating electrons holding the atoms together what you don't see is everything that is floating so if you look at a DNA spiral, you look at the DNA base pairs, you, you, you don't see the floating electrons, but you actually have a spiral torus all the way up the, the spiral. It's like, it's like a mega receiver transmitter. It's like a, it's like a photon hard drive. Hmm. And a hemoglobin would be like a, a small memory stick, photon memory stick. And a hormone would be a, a little bit smaller still. And a protein would be a little bit smaller than that. And, and not every molecule in a protein is, it, it can store, uh, it can receive and send uh, electron, uh, photons, but some of them can. Tryptophan is, is, the, is, the, is the most powerful uh, analog receiver transmitter amino acid. And, and it's not a coincidence that all the hormones, most of the hormones, serotonin, melatonin, are all generated from tryptophan. From tryptophan. Yeah. So now let's talk about water. Well, before we Sorry. go there, 
Is there is there any relationship to this charge that's being generated and something that you can measure in your body called phase angle? Or do you? Do I don't you know. know. I don't. I don't. I haven't heard. I don't. Okay. I don't know. There's a there's a technology called bioimpedance analysis, which measures an a current of electricity that can get passed through the body, and it measures your basically cell an indirect way to look at cell membrane charge, and it's called your phase angle. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Okay. But uh, what I can tell you, but, but I don't know if this has anything to do with uh, what I said about hemoglobin, but if, if you have acupuncture and it's working, let's say you have it, you have it in your shoulder, and let's say uh, the needles are put from your wrist up to your shoulder. Uh, if the acupuncture is working, what you'll find is you'll find twinges you get these electrical twinges maybe 15 minutes after the needles are applied, especially under infrared. And you'll find that uh, these, the electric twinges travel further and further. So you'll, they'll start off in the shoulder, and, and then they'll end up going to, all the way down to the fingertips, all the way up the shoulder, all the way down the body, right to the toes and back. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I think it's a little more indirect. There's, there's a great book by Jerry Tennant. He's a medical doctor. He wrote a book called Healing as Voltage. And he talks a lot about um, when our body's in a dis-ease state, inflammation, mm -hmm. our, our normal resting membrane potential or, um, might be somewhere around negative 50 millivolts, which is basically a healing energy potential. And when we get stuck in inflammation or pain, we start to change that charge. And he was talking about the correlation between this measurement of voltage in relation to pH changes. And so okay. when we become more inflamed, we become more acidic and it's actually a problem with our voltage, not necessarily a pH problem. But go ahead. It sounds like you're going to say something there. No, no. So, so let, let, let's, let's, let's deal with this negative 50 millivolt. Yeah. So what happens when you go into distress? What happens to the negative 50 millivolts? Does it go positive? It goes towards positive. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. So mm -hmm. that's, we're going to bring that together with water. So I want you to ma imagine four boomerangs, four, four geese flying, one in front, one on the left in behind, and, and one at the back. And the, no and the beak on the, on the second goose on the left is right up close to the, the wing tip of the first goose on the left-hand side. And the nose of the, of the third goose, which is on the right, is, is right up against the right wing tip of the goose in the front. And the goose in the back, its, no, its beak is facing the right hand wing tip of the left hand goose in front of it, and, and the left wing tip of the right hand goose in front of it. So it's like a, a, like a, a diamond, a diamond shape. Yeah. Now imagine those are water molecules, and they're quiet, and they're in a they're in a block they're in a block of ice. Okay. Now you hit that structure with infrared light if it's got enough amplitude, and you blow off one of the wingtips, but only if there's four of them in the group. And what happens? You get a you get a residue. So you get a proton coming off and you get a residue that absorbs ultraviolet light. And it's the only form of water that can absorb ultraviolet light. So slush is the only form of water that absorbs UV. So slush 
is the fourth state of water. Not ice, not melted water, slush. Now, what the interesting thing is your body, all the water in your body, if it's healthy, is, is all mimicking slush. That, that cluster has a, has a, each water in that cluster has a, has a, uh, a voltage minus 200 millivolts. Hmm. So if you lose it, if you lose it, it'll go positive and you'll have the problem, problem you're talking about. It's responsible for, for the flow of red blood cells through your circulatory system. Hmm. Because what it does, what it does, it coats the red blood cells. It coats the wall of the capillaries and the blood vessels. And it allows the, the red blood cells to hydroplane when they're moving through the circulatory system. So you're actually... So what you're doing when you're moving blood is you're, you're electrostatically hydroplaning red blood cells. That's awesome. Oh, wow. so, your, so your heart is not a pump, it's a vacuum. Yeah. So what you're doing is your heart is vacuuming hydroplaned red blood cells from capillaries through the blood vessels, through the... Okay? Mm -hmm. So when you... Do you know, you know Rulo? Yeah, yeah. So Rulo is caused by the, the loss... Yeah. Rouleau is caused by the loss of the electrostatic field on the wall of the circulatory system or on, on, the, on the wall of the red blood cell, and they start to coagulate because they don't repel each other properly. Mm -hmm. they, they start losing their ability to, to hydroplane. Hmm. Just for those listening, if you, Rouleau is like a stack of pancakes. So it's like all these red blood cells stuck yes. together in, in a stack. And, you know, I'm I love that you said hydrostatic. Was, was it hydrostatic hydroplaning? Electrostatic, Electrostatic hydroplaning. So cool. I mean, one of the technologies that David and I use in our clinic is a beamer therapy, which is a, a pulse electromagnetic field, which, which massively increases microcirculation. It's through this electrochemical signature, I guess, that, that, that's sent into the red blood cells. David, I know you, you're like... You got lots of things that but <laughs> my mind is being blown right now, and I'm like completely upgrading my complete, you know, picture of the body. This is just incredible. I have so, so many so, questions. But so here's how you going. grow. So here's how you grow this hydroplaning, this film inside your system, and it's not just in your circulatory system. It's through your whole body. It's in your mitochondria. It's everywhere. So the way you grow it is you inhale infrared light. You can inhale it through your eyes, through your ears, through your nose, through your mouth. It doesn't matter. As long as the amplitude is high enough, UV will do it as long as the, as long as the wavelength is not at 270. Because this water cluster that I told you about mm -hmm. has a resonant frequency of 270 nanometers. So it'll shatter like crystal glass. So as long as the, the, the UV wavelength isn't, isn't close to 270, or you have an infrared wavelength anywhere from 640 up to about 980 nanometers, which is sunlight, uh, and you get enough of it, uh, you're good to go because your body will make, your body makes uh, what is essentially electrostatic uh, antioxidant water, slush water, through the whole system. And it can use, here's, here's the neat part, it can use those water structures 
to store energy to turn tryptophan into, into serotonin or serotonin into melatonin. So your body's actually using infrared light to make smart molecules wow. via, via infrared or UV light absorbed into uh, these water clusters. So, so the, these smart molecules and water, they're all, they're all connected. Your body uses these water, these, these water structures to regenerate glutathione. And you need glutathione to, to uh, unfold proteins in the, in the mitochondria. So if you, if you don't have enough antioxidant, uh, any place where you have a protein that opens and closes up a cell membrane, you can't, you can't regenerate the protein. So if you have a protein that folds, you need an antioxidant to unfold it. And the easiest, the best source of antioxidant is this uh, minus 200 millivolt water. Hmm. So that's it. So your body's built, your body's built to absorb and use infrared light, to near infrared light to, uh, ma to maintain a, what you're calling a minus 50 millivolt uh, a charge under normal condition. Yeah, I got that wrong, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. It's minus 25 millivolts, which is equal to a pH of 7.35 to 7. It's, it's between negative 20 to negative 25. Well, these but water it, films are giving you negative 200. Yeah. So there and what is. they do, here's the neat part, is that if they're like tryptophan, if you look at hydroxy tryptophan, hmm. it can actually anchor four of these waters and you can actually four waters attached to a hydroxy tryptophan can take an infrared hit and load the 800 millivolt of, of uh, energy into the electron cloud that I told you about that levitates. So that cloud can absorb energy, hold it like an ATM machine, and then some enzyme comes along and says, can I have some? And it says, absolutely. And then it sticks stick something onto it and all of a sudden you've got serotonin from hydroxytryptophan or it says oh can i can i make acetyl serotonin she says sure give me another uh hit and you look at every one of those molecules it has an anchor to hold that water cluster together the four geese every one of them melatonin serotonin acetyl serotonin tryptophan they're all they're all built to, to bond to these water clusters and, and absorb infrared energy to make, to supply the energy for the enzymes to make all the molecules, wow. including glutathione. So, so, I mean, many of us, you know, get in, get stuck in this thinking that all of our nutrition just comes through the food we're eating and food is basically just calories. And it's just about, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's even going to the next step of saying it's all about good gut health. But I mean, what, what we're talking about here is really just fundamental essentials of what it means to be a human being, you know, living in this planet, being in touch with nature, grounding to the earth, uh, the sun. Um, what are what are some of the like most simple or basic strategies that you encourage people to maybe do or, or what, what would be some things that people could do on a regular basis to just you know, strengthen their, their, uh, their water system within their, in their body and, and help to upgrade that electrostatic hydroplaning as you described. Well, if you can't go outside, get yourself a near infrared sauna or get yourself led light with high enough amplitude that you can expose your body to near infrared light. 
if you're if you're in a retirement home, sit near a window, put a sun hat on, sit in a solarium with your sunglasses on, and try to get as much infrared light on your skin as you can from the sun, even through glass. Make sure you don't dehydrate because if you don't have enough water, your body can't you bugger up your body's ability to to absorb infrared light. Mm -hmm. If you slow down your breathing, it's easier for your hemoglobin to hold near infrared. Then if you're breathing really, really fast, make sure you don't you don't dehydrate uh, too much, especially when you're outside. Try to be hydrated when you're in the, when you're exposed to infrared light. That's awesome. It's part of uh, part of your work. I mean, you, you did a lot of chemical remediation in water and whatnot. What what kind of role do you think? Um, again, knowing what you know for, for even a cleanup point of view, what kind of role do these toxins have in the body, and how do they manipulate the charge? Well, they're all different. So pick one. Let's talk about mercury. That's a common one. Okay, here's what mercury does. Okay, what mercury does is it screws up the natural frequency of sulfur-containing amino acids and proteins. So it, it displaces the hydrogen that's attached to a sulfur, in, in like cysteine, cysteine, methionine. So there's, I think, three or four sulfur amino acids. Yeah. So, so what mercury does is it buggers up the natural resonant frequency of an amino acid in, in a protein. So it, it's, it, so you can recover a protein. The way you recover a protein that's contaminated with mercury is you, is you uh, feed it low level of selenium. So what the selenium does, it goes in and pulls the mercury off the sulfur, and you can get your protein back. So you can actually regenerate a mercury-infected uh, protein system with low level uh, selenium. Hmm. But to do that, you have to keep the selenium from oxidizing. And the way you do that is you mix it with vitamin E and you want the vitamin E to be stabilized. The way to keep the vitamin E alive is you mix it with time release vitamin C and quercetin. So if you mix selenium with quercetin and vitamin C and vitamin E, like six, six, six uh, component vitamin E, you can get mercury out of your body. It's reversible. Mm -hmm. So what about what about one like cyanide? Because cyanide has cyanide. a direct attack on the hemoglobin. So, so what cyanide does, it's very similar to some ways like mercury. So what cyanide does is it it bonds to the iron in your hemoglobin mm -hmm. and it stops the iron from reacting with oxygen. So the way you get cyanide off of hemoglobin is you react it with thiosulfate. So you can somebody's been poisoned with cyanide, but not fatally. You can regenerate their hemoglobin by giving them a, a, a sodium thiosulfate injection. The thiosulfate reacts with the cyanide to form thiocyanate, which then comes off the hemoglobin, and you can get your hemoglobin back. So cyanide doesn't destroy hemoglobin. It inactivates it. Mm -hmm. But the same idea as the mercury. Mercury inactivates. Well, what the mercury does is it prevents the protein from receiving uh, communication from DNA because it's because it's not programmed to receive the signal because it's like taking a piano and ripping on the piano wires and putting the piano out of tune. That's what mercury does to protein. Hmm. What the selenium does is like a piano tuner that comes back and fixes all the amino acids that have been buggered by the uh, 
by the mercury. So it retunes the piano. Hmm. Go ahead, David. Well, I'd like to kind of dip back a little bit back into this whole idea of light and communication in our body. And one of the things I read on the publications you have is you talk about photonic emission. You talk a little bit about red light therapy around 650 nanometers, which is what most like cold lasers for therapy are utilized for. Can you talk a little bit about how that, I mean, you were talking about membrane health and the cell and things like that in some of your studies. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of this photonic emission when it's concentrated into the body and, and what that looks like at the cellular well, level? Well, the, the advantage that it has is, is if you maximize, if you get enough infrared and you maximize the concentration of these water, this antioxidant water, the water clusters, you can regenerate all the antioxidants uh, that don't need more than the amount of energy that's available from those clusters. So glutathione is the best one because it, the energy required to regenerate oxidized glutathione is a perfect match to the energy held in one of these clusters. So you can, you can repair glutathione imbalance in the body with near-infrared light. And why that matters is, is if you look at people with dementia, they all have a glutathione imbalance. They're all depleted in glutathione. Your body will get rid of protein uh, plaque if it's, if it's uh, antioxidant rich. Your body has a natural molecule called neprilysin that can remove uh, protein plaque from the brain but it's very sensitive to oxidation. So if it's not surrounded by antioxidants, it gets wasted. So the whole point of near infrared is to regenerate the whole antioxidant system in the body to prevent, to allow proteins to, to function the way they're supposed to, which is fold, unfold. Dementia is caused by proteins losing their ability to unfold. So like a cell membrane, where, where, the, where the openings in the cell membrane are, 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 are created by a protein folding, leap, making a space in the, in the membrane, and then, and then unfolding, closing. Like, it's like a, like, a, like a solenoid valve. The glutathione allows the protein to open and close the, the cell membrane. If you don't have enough, you lose the, the ability to open and close. You, you end up permanently open, or permanently closed. So, so near infrared can reverse that. So anybody that has mild cognitive disorder should go into a near infrared sauna or expose themselves to near infrared light, mm -hmm. uh, uh, say from uh, LEDs or outside, whatever they can get. Even if they sit in front of a window and have a nap in front of a window uh, through glass, it, in some ways, it doesn't matter as long as the amplitude is high enough. And, and your body can take a lot of near-infrared. What it doesn't like is a lot of UV. And so I'm thinking, like, we have this massive problem with people indoors all day now, and hardly anybody's getting enough sunlight. So this is, I mean, everybody always hears, like, you need more sunlight and you need to get outside more. But this is such a great conversation that's really giving us the guts of like why this is so important. Well, you could you imagine putting somebody in a suit that the whole inside of the suit is LED, near infrared LED. 
where, where you don't get a, a, a big temperature rise on the skin. So you put somebody in a, in a uh, you can put somebody inside a near infrared LED chamber, say a, 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 like a, like a LED coveralls. Yeah. Or, or, you just, or you just strap an LED uh, around their leg or their arm or their neck or, or the top of their head. Yeah, well, we're we're big fans of red light therapy and and near infrared, and we we both have a sauna in our practice. Uh, David, I can't remember near David. infrared or far infrared. Uh, that the one that we have in our clinic is far infrared, but we have a near infrared uh, and and red light uh, well, therapy. Far infrared doesn't have enough doesn't have enough amplitude to create these these water the antioxidant water, but near does. Yeah. So if I was going to do an infrared sauna, it would always be a near infrared. Near infrared. Yeah. Um, on the on the topic of of light and light therapy, and and I, I love how you you know opened up this conversation with with all these little smart molecules that are basically receptors for light, and it's all kind of coordinating together with that uh, slush in the water, like you said. Um, let's can we can we talk about how these kind of situations, whether it be toxicity burden or chronic inflammation or poor water supply. Uh, how that eventually leads to an epigenetic change. Because when you're talking about the, the genetic spiraling like a torus, um, at some point there become signals from the environment that distorts uh, what's being expressed and how these proteins are folding. Okay, let's do, let's do one. Let's do high, high amplitude electromagnetic radiation. Okay? If you have very, very high amplitude uh microwave say six gigahertz you can cause those the the oxygens in those water molecules to spin mm -hmm. so that the wingtips are never stationary all all, all the, say all the birds are are are, uh, are spiraling so when an infrared uh when enough infrared comes in, it can't create the uh, antioxidant water because the the waters are, are not stationary. They're 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 rotating. Right. Okay. In the case of a high magnetic field, really high intense magnetic field, you have this a different problem, which is it causes the, the water molecules to line up in a way that they wouldn't normally line up to take the infrared hit. So you, if you get a high, if you have a high exposure to, to magnetic or microwave, you could cause rouleau in the blood because you've, you can start losing the, you, you can have the water film on the inside of your, your circulatory system, the slush, uh, destroying itself because the water molecules in the slush are spinning. Mm -hmm. And so you lose the electrostatic uh, effect and the levitation of the, of the red blood cells is shrunken and they start to reload because it's the only way they can try to maintain. Uh, they're trying to levitate, but they, but they, so they rulo to try to levitate with the amount of electrostatic repulsion that they're, that's available to them. Mm -hmm. So that's an example where you can cause a, a, uh, a distress situation. You get people who are very sensitive to high amplitude electromagnetic radiation, microwave, right? And, and they, they suffer. And the way to 
help them is to stick the, is to stick them in a in a uh, near infrared sauna and and try to shield them from high amplitude electromagnetic uh, where the electro part is uh, is in the gigahertz range and uh, microwave range. What, that, that's awesome. What are some uh, other things that can contribute to that? I mean, we mentioned contribute you know, to which just this this dismantling of the of the water, this creating creation of the roll. Oh, dehydration. Like, dehydration. Yeah. So you got somebody running a marathon, and they don't drink enough water. And you and, and if you talk to them when they come across the finish line, they're they're incoherent. Basically, they're suffering. They're suffering temporary temporary dementia. They've, they've, their antioxidant uh, levels are way, 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 way down. They destroyed their glutathione. They're destroying their, all their natural antioxidants are being destroyed because normally they would be regenerated right. by light in, in, in proximity to water. Now, if they dehydrate, they don't have enough water. You can you can have you can have somebody that's dehydrated, and they can suffer from atrial fibrillation. You, if you change the water film in, in the heart and in the circulatory system, you can change the electrochemical properties of the heart. You can you can trigger a temporary atrial fibrillation, which can be re, uh, healed in the presence of hydration and and near infrared. So it's a universal. It's a universal panacea for body health is hydration in the presence of near infrared. Wow! The body, the universe has created us. We're light beings. We are. We don't know that, but we are absolutely light beings. Hue man, right? Hue light. Well, and and what's so interesting is, is this amazing synergy between chlorophyll. Which is a, which is a, a light energy molecule and hemoglobin, and they use this, it, one uses the exhaust of the other, which mm -hmm. is just a mind bender. So so the plants use the carbon dioxide, and we use the oxygen. So plants exhale oxygen, their waste product is oxygen, mm -hmm. and our waste product carbon dioxide. So it's, the synergy is just stunning. Mm -hmm. In in all the different you know modern day. You know, technology you mentioned electromagnetics. Uh, I mean, obviously, you do a lot of work in toxicity remediation. So we've got toxicity burden, we've got dehydration, we've got malillumination. We're not being exposed to near infrared lights. Um, we're really like, you know, as humanity keeps making it amazing advances towards technology, there is this sense of like loss of these just core fundamental aspects to what it means to be human and and to heal. Um, well, that's because we're that's because we it's so easy to be distracted yeah. in the environment we're in because we're bombarded uh with so much information 24 7 that sometimes we forget to just do what john prine says is uh blow up your tv throw away your papers go to the country build you a home plant a little garden eat a lot of peaches try to find Jesus on your own. So, <laughs> so it's like, we, we need to make time. We need to make time to just turn everything off and just, you know, you said be in, you know, be in nature, do some yoga, you know, go outside, sit in a chair, 
put on a sun hat, some sunglasses, and just sit there and take in the sun, right? Take a walk. Just go swimming, anything. Take your dog for a walk. <laughs> Love it. I mean, that's that's kind of the beauty, and that's where I was going with the, the question was just, you know, it doesn't have to be – we don't have to overcomplicate things sometimes. No. You know, just just I think, get out I think, I think what's really important is we have to figure out what we really, really, really need and separate that from – what we think we want mm -hmm. so <laughs> you know and simpler can be simpler can be better you know if you you know uh and that i think time the way we use our time is 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 the most important like if you can eat your food taste it mm -hmm. you know don't just don't have a conversation the whole time you're eating your food right mm -hmm. There if you're going to meditate, if you're going to meditate, meditate, you know, mm -hmm. just turn off your brain. Let your body just mm, relax. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious, you know, you're talking about microwave uh, type radiation, its effect on this water and, and the functions of our physiology. What kind of role does things like cell phones and 5G and some of these other well, electromagnetic fields that we, okay. yeah. So, so what? So what's important is is the frequency and the way and the amplitude. So the, the issue with five G is that the amplitude is higher than, say, four G. Or every every new evolution in in uh, microwave communication involves higher amplitude. Now it just so happens that five G creates a frequency, six gigahertz is is 5g i think two gigahertz is 4g well water water is very sensitive to six gigahertz the 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 oxygen atoms spin and spinning atoms don't don't uh biochemically behave the way they sh they're supposed to so for instance if your body's using uh, antioxidant water to convert tryptophan to uh, a neurotransmitter like serotonin or, or melatonin, it's possible that if you have too much exposure to 5G that you can't sleep because you don't have enough melatonin because your body can't make melatonin because it doesn't have the water, energized water it needs because it can't make the energized water it needs because the, the water molecules won't won't stand still. So that's why it's important. If you're exposed to 5G and you're going to use 5G, make sure you're in a situation where you can actually shield yourself from it some of the time. So I'm curious, a lot of these companies are coming forward now talking about the fact that you can't really block or, sh or completely shield yourself from these things. And they're talking about this mitigation. What are your thoughts on mitigating some of these things and its effect on our bodies? Well, if, well, for instance, if I, if I had to be exposed to 5G, I would spend probably half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the evening in a near-infrared sauna to allow my body to regenerate. And I, you can shield, you can shield uh, your, your environments. There's lots of ways you can shield environments from, from microwave, high-amplitude microwaves or high amplitude uh, magnetic fields say a high amplitude magnetic field would be 
what you might get if you're under if you're living underneath a power line. So you can you can shield the, the walls, the ceiling of individual rooms or a whole house. So you either shield it or you or you repair the damage with near infrared or you do both. It's, Get away there, from the transmitters if you can. Some of the time, so you go try to be in, in in locations where where you don't have exposure high high amplitude microwave or uh, or a magnetic fields. Is there is there a role for temperature at all? So like I mean, when you go back to the sauna and you, you were kind of saying, well, it's the near infrared light. Um, there's some interesting information with regards to just heating up uh, the body and that creating. Uh, easy water or gel state water as well, or you call it slush water. Uh, is there anything, is there any role for temperature change either for cold therapy or, or hot that you know of? I, no, I don't know anything about the effect of temperature. All I, all I, all I'm aware of is the effect of amplitude or wavelength. So mm -hmm. say in the case of near infrared, uh, a good range of wavelengths would be anything from about 640 up to about 980 nanometers which happens to be the main range of infrared wavelengths from sunlight, just a mm -hmm. who'd have thought, right? Yeah. Whereas far infrared could be at two and a half thousand, three thousand nanometer. And you don't get, you don't get uh, what you're calling easy water, this antioxidant water slush mm -hmm. at high, at high uh, infrared wavelengths. Yeah, the, I mean that's that's interesting because there's a there's a lot of uh, full spectrum saunas that are out now. Uh, what I'm curious, what do you what do you use at home? Do you have a near infrared? I use sauna? I use uh, walking. I walk every day for an hour. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I and I do yoga every day for an hour. Yeah. And I my body uh, before I had the COVID vaccine, I take I take quercetin, curcumin, vitamin D, elagic acid, time-release vitamin C. Um, what did I miss? Oh, six-component vitamin E. So uh, my body is, is antioxidant-loaded and antiviral-loaded. So in a sense, I, I'm using a, an infrared substitute in the form of antioxidants supplemented with in, near infrared light in the form of light that I get from when I'm walking. What do you do in the wintertime? Oh, wintertime. I, uh, I go walking in the wintertime, mm -hmm. but I also take, uh, I always also take the antioxidants Yeah, because they also work on things like hay fever. They will work on prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. Some of these antioxidants are, are anti-cancer. So do you want to talk about anti-cancer? Sure, let's do it. Okay, let's do anti-cancer. The way that the antioxidants scramble the signals, say on DNA of COVID, talk, trying to talk to an enzyme, it's exactly the same as what they do for a, for a cancer, a cancer molecule, a cancer, cancer DNA, Cancer DNA, the way cancer DNA invades your body is exactly the same as the way COVID, say a COVID virus would attack the body. 
it's communicating with the proteins in the enzymes to open up the cell membrane. So, so these, these uh, photon scramblers, smart fo molecule photon scramblers, uh, the reason they work on, on, a, on a cancer cell or on a virus is because in a normal system, the amplitude of the signals is so high that they can't block the signal. But if you've got a brand new, if you've got a brand new virus in the body that hasn't replicated to any extent, then the signals, the amplitude of the signals is pretty weak. Same for a cancer, for a cancer uh, cell. If you have a cancer cell, say in your prostate, and you expose it to uh, quercetin, you can scramble the signal. You can shut down. You can shut down a, a prostate tumor in three weeks with quercetin. You can do it on breast cancer. You can do it on ovarian cancer. You can do it on on bowel cancer, colon cancer. How is it? And it and every one of the molecules: curcumin, curcumin, elagic acid, uh, vitamin E, vitamin D. They all have they all have antiviral, anti-cancer properties. Every one of them. Every one of them. They're all photon. They're all photon receiver transmitters. So in the case of scramblers, if they're scramblers, they're receiving photon signals from DNA, which never make it to the enzymes. They're sitting there uh, guarding the entry to entrance to the castle. Hmm. So that, that's it. So it, if your body's loaded with antioxidants, and a photon receiver transmitters in the form of antioxidants, you can shut down viruses and cancer. Your body's built. Your body's built to resist cancer and and uh, viruses. And given, I mean, given the world that we're in, it's not a surprise why, you know, there's such rises in. Well, obviously, there's there's rises in fear around it because I think we've lost this understanding to. Our photoreceptivity that's that's available for us in our body, and we're not exposing ourselves to enough sunlight and near infrared light, and we're not eating the right food, and we often become depleted as a result of toxicity in the because we don't know what, we don't know what to believe because we get so much information we don't know how to sort it, so I, we don't know if you're telling the truth, you're full of crap, we don't know, so so it's it's really hard for the average person to know what's true. Mm -hmm. And false. And all I can say is, I can say is, well, if you take a logic acid and it's the active component, it's a, it's a component of blackberries, and everybody tells you that blackberries and blueberries are good for you, what's the reason? What's the reason? It's that the plant has figured out a way to stop UV light from the sun from destroying itself. Hmm. So it builds these, these wonderful uh, receptors uh, to to interact with with natural light. So your body your body uh, seems to seems to uh, like them. So you'll find really good molecules in pomegranates, blackberries, blueberries, uh, raspberries. Why do why do people why do people make berry slushies in the morning? It's because they're good for you, right? <laughs> That's why I make them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, do you, Skittles. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on fasting? 
Um, I have no no expertise in fasting. Okay. I was just curious if a, a caloric restricted state had any sort of negative or positive impact on on charge or or even water if you're hydrated i think if you're hydrated and you get enough near infrared my gut says you should you should be okay because you can regenerate all of everything your body needs if it has sufficient water and uh enough near infrared light most of it i mean there's some things you can't like if you start losing magnesium or Mm-hmm. certain things you're going to lose, you're, gonna, you're not going to replace those with light, but. Uh, yeah, that's good. No, but I as mean, long as you don't dehydrate, uh, it sounds okay. If yeah. it's not, if, if it's not extreme. Yeah. What about, I mean, there's lots of different types of water and obviously again, doing the work that you've done on remediation of chemicals and toxins. Do you have a preference on what kind of water you like to drink? That's, yeah, that's maybe low aluminum is good. <laughs> What's it about? aluminum above 0.2 parts per million is really bad for yeah. for uh brain protein mm-hmm. so so you don't want to be you don't want to be drinking uh high aluminum content water you don't want to be drinking high levels of cadmium cadmium's a uh bioaccumulative carcinogen uh other than that um what about chlorine any issues there um high level chlorine is not going to be good you don't want to be drinking swimming pool water but uh (laughs) but low level really low level uh, i think your your body can probably handle it because if, if chlorine reacts with antioxidant water it's turned into chloride as long as the levels aren't too high, it's probably okay, but uh, there's a limit, right? Mm-hmm. Lead would be another common one. In, Lead's in, bad because yeah. lead does the same thing that mercury does. It, right. So if you're, if you're uh, a person who's very sensitive to lead would be a plumber that does a lot of copper brazing with tin lead solders. Mm-hmm. So the lead has a similar effect to mercury. It, it damages the sulfur containing amino acids and protein cadmium will do the same thing so Mm -hmm. lead mercury and and lead mercury and cadmium Mm -hmm. those are three that i would avoid plus aluminum what about any thoughts on glyphosate oh glyphosate (laughs) (laughs) glyphosate is a derivatized amino acid yeah it's really bad on uh on gut bacteria it's it's it has antibacterial properties Mm-hmm. So it can, it can damage your digestive tract by destroying uh, benign bacteria in your gut. That's the biggest problem, I think, with glyphosate. It's a uh, it kills bacteria, benign bacteria. There there is there's some interesting stuff uh, in regards to its interference with the shikimate pathway and, and protein folding or, or protein um, building uh, because it interferes with some of the the amino acids. And uh, there we go. Mercury, yeah. glyphosate, lead, salt, add it to the list. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of these chemicals work in similar pro- process. You know, I, I used to like in, I used to think that I had a lot to do with kicking out the other divalent uh, cations like magnesium and calcium and 
manganese. Well, they they and don't those form organs. strong bonds to sulfur. Right. But the bad the bad actors do. Mm -hmm. All protein chemistry is 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 associated with folding and unfolding, and it's always involving the sulfur containing amino acids. So let's let's take an example. Let's take uh, uh, celiac disease. So the, the reason that some people are sensitive to gluten. Gluten is like two proteins that are lined up like a ladder, left, left side of the ladder, right side of the ladder, and all the rungs are these sulfur bridges between two amino acids on, on left-hand, right-hand rungs. Mm -hmm. And the problem with glutathione, uh, the problem with, with uh, gluten is that if glutathione gets in, it'll start peeling the, uh, the ladder apart. And every time it peels one of the rungs off, you lose a glutathione. So mm. celiac disease is, is, a, is a glutathione disorder caused by gluten. And why some people are sensitive and others aren't, I don't know. But that's what it, so that's why uh, gluten is bad for some people is because it destroys glutathione, huh. which is trying to, oh, wow. which is trying to uh, pull, pull, the, pull the, the, the two protein strands on, uh, on, on gluten apart. That's interesting. Oh. I, I never heard of celiac being in con uh, such a strong connection to glutathione. That's, so what that's happens is every one of those sulfur amino acids in the protein that gets peeled mm -hmm. can bond to one glutathione. Hmm. Glutathione is three amino acids in a chain. It's the shortest protein in the body. It's three amino acid peptide. And it has this and has this wonderful ability to, it can repair a folded protein that, that is trying to unfold, but can't. Hmm. So uh, like Alzheimer's, we said Alzheimer's yeah. can be caused by proteins that have folded. They can't unfold. So plaque is basically junk protein. But theoretically, if you catch the junk protein early enough with glutathione, you can repair the protein before it forms plaque. Wow. wow. We went over so many things today, uh, Klaus. We're going to have to have you back on another podcast because you're, you're such a wealth of information. But I want to summarize some things and, and please fill in in gaps, uh, both of you. So we, we got to spend some time on nature, got to get the near infrared light. We got to make sure we're hydrated. Um, you know, I, I would throw in there, like, let's make sure you filter your water so you're avoiding some of those, uh, the chemical toxicity. Um, we got to make Any sure accidents. that the antioxidants are a big part of that picture. Glutathione obviously plays a significant role. Um, breath, we talk about breath work, doing some, you know, long, deep breathing to really saturate those hemoglobin, spend more time in the oxygenated environment. Uh, we talked about the, the blood system is not necessarily being driven by a pump, but by this electrostatic hydroplaning, as you called it, which I love. Um, anything else to throw into the summary for people to, to chew on? Um, let's see. Um, yes, just for fun. In, uh, intuition is the inhala inhalation of conscious light. Intention is the exhalation of conscious light. Yes. You said that at the beginning. I, I, I wanted, I'm glad you said it again because I was wanting you to repeat that because I'd forgotten what you said at the, the beginning. So that's, that's amazing. 
It's incredible information that you shared today. Thank you so much, Klaus. So telepathy is the inhalation and exhalation of conscious light transpersonally. That's, that's telepathy. Wow. So I think this is a huge reminder for our listeners and everybody that we are beings of light. We are beings of light. And such a great lesson today, man. You really gave me a lot of perspective. And, you know, I hear this many different ways from different people, the way it's described. But, man, the way that you were able to bring this information forward today just made it make sense. And it was more digestible and saw that bigger picture. So thank you, man. This was this was incredible. I had to put my, my brain box on today. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think that the conversation that you just ended off on with regards to intuition and, and you started off on too with regards to chi and the movement of this uh, uh, this energy through our body is, is an important pin we'll have to put in and come back to because I think uh, there's, there's a lot more to discuss in, in that realm. So thank you for all your wisdom today, Klaus. It's been an honor speaking with you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the, the opportunity. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.